podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath podcast. It's me, Neil, and Paddy has aged backwards again. This seems to be happening an awful lot more often now. Paddy has aged backwards. Am I joking? This is obviously not Paddy. It's the <laughs> wonderful <laughs> Ashley Priest has joined us today from um, from the Birmingham Mail, and uh, I'm just delighted to have you on board here today for, for a quick chat. You're, you're somebody, Ashley, that, you know, I think it was... And you can keep me honest in this one. Would it have been December-ish 2019 when you got on, when you came on board following, uh, or not following, but reporting on the villa? Was it then? Because I've got this vague memory of, <laughs> this is kind of a funny, well, I don't know if you want to be associated with me having a hangover the first time that I, uh, one of the first <laughs> I heard you, but I was over in London and I was over in London with a couple of mates and we'd gone in an absolute wild one the night before and I woke up next morning and I saw the Carrot Blue podcast. I went, oh yeah, I just popped that on. I was lying in bed and then I went, and that's that's just, it's one of the first times that I remember hearing you on on the actual podcast, but you can keep me honest. Is it since then that you've been with the, you've been with no, the guys? No, I think this December 2019 jumps out because that was the the month I had my, my first child, Penny, and, and I had that in some dramatic circumstances because obviously I was in the press box. Uh, Wesley just scored to make it 5-0 in, in the Carabao Cup against Liverpool. I've had mm. about 80 missed calls. I'm in the Trinity Road stand at this point. Zara, my partner's in Labour, and I've, I've totally missed all this. I, I, my mates ran <laughs> down from the top of the Trinity, north. He said, get out, quick. Zara's in Labour. The baby's coming, the baby's coming. And obviously, uh, Penny weren't due for another month. I'm there stone-faced, mm. like, I've got to finish my play ratings, hang on, and all this, I'm sticking the laptop. Yeah, totally, well, well, we never know it, and that, that was a night when Conor Harandi and me saying, I scored, not mm. Codger, and all this. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that night, so that was December 18th, 2019. I joined, joined the Birmingham Live that summer, so my first taste of the villa was mm. out in Minnesota, with all the American villains and those who travelled there, so I was, I was part of that pre-season, went over to Leipzig as well, so... Striding the deep end pre-season tour. Remember them? That's my one and only one, to be fair. So, yeah, yeah I, start, I started then. I jumped on the bandwagon, got lucky. I got chosen for the job. Big Villa fan. The the, uh, the year they got promoted. So, I've no, yeah, I've only been in jo- here for the Dean Smith era. Before that, I was a, yeah. a Villa mad fan in the whole end. Go, used to go every week with me old man. He took me down. And, yeah, I was a, I was a news reporter before that. And crime scenes beyond police tape and all sorts. So, yeah. Got my big chance, and I'm still pinching myself now, mate. I really am. Big Villa fan. I've got the, I've got the crest on my leg and all sorts. So, yeah, I still pinch myself every day, like, Neil. It's mad. <laughs> there was another guy who had the crest in his leg as well. His name was Randy Lerner, but we're definitely not going to talk oh, about no, him no. at this moment in time. No, no, no. As you said, <laughs> Dean Smith era, and that's exactly what we're kind of here to talk about, I think, to, to, today as well. I've got, you know... For anyone who listens to the podcast, I don't usually tend to stay on script, but uh, I'm going to try to today. But today we're going to talk about Aston Villa, the season so far, the 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 summer that's just gone. And I suppose really we're going to focus on Aston Villa more so than than certain protagonists or certain, uh, certain uh, pieces that were going on during the summer as well. Because the club itself, Ashley, and you're probably in a better place than most to be able to, to, to talk about this. Um, but the club itself... 
the club itself has grown up an awful lot over the last 18 to 24 months, specifically, obviously, since we've had the leadership change at the very, very top. But it's really grown up and it's it's behaving in a way, I think, that uh, it, it's more business-like. And what I mean by that is it's not that it's soulless or anything like that or it's corporate-driven or it's money-driven, but it's behaving in, in a way whereby they know that the, all the different parts, the components, the departments, for want of a different word, need to be pulling in the same direction and they need the same amount of attention, including even the women's game at the moment because they are mm. flying it at the minute. But they know yeah. that it takes more than just three lucky seasons like we had under, I'm not, sorry, lucky is probably the wrong word, but three good seasons and no future planning like we had under Martin O'Neill. They know it takes more than that to grow a club, to grow an entity, to grow, because call it as it is at the moment, and I know Wolves are there and Wolves have been in the Premier League, but the Midlands is there for the taking now. It really is there for the taking. And if you show a small bit of um, if ingenuity, invention, you'll pull fans from everywhere. And I know the tribal and colloquial kind of, um, kind of pockets that are there are there all right but like if you five years ago you wouldn't have seen a man city jersey walking down the streets here in ireland now they're all over the place yeah people will change breeding breeding brings brings an or sorry winning breeds an audience should i say and, and aston villa seem to be in more of a position to do this the only thing they need to do now is start winning regularly. Am I right in saying that, Ashley? Yeah, spot, spot on, mate. Um, I think top to bottom, you know, the academy, I'm a, I cover the academy as much as I can and you see, mm. you see the success, success they're having there as well and that's going to get better and better. I was down at the Inner City Academy site today in Brookvale. I had a walk around there, spoke to residents and everyone's buzzing when work starts on that. So top to bottom, Paddy, I think the owners have a big say in all this. The owners, as soon as they come, they wanted to lay the foundations we want to build a hundred million pound player. So okay, Grealish is the boy. Uh, can we can we build another one? Where where the, where's the next one? And so we got a couple in there now. Jacob Ramsey will come to him. I mean, what's he worth now? He's coming on really well. Cameron Archer can't stop scoring lately. So the academy side of things, right from right from the up, even even the the, the lower age groups as well. I think Cole Ramsey, Jacob's brother, a great player. I've been told. So yeah, a lot of good things happening with the women's game as well. They're flying in the WSL. Give them a mention. Um, yeah, I think they're just very forward thinking, Villa. I think Christian Perslow knows how to run this ship, he's running a tight ship on behalf of the owners. Wes Edens knows what he's doing. The books of the NBA champions, he's mirroring that here. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the level's hot, the, the bar's set high, isn't it? You've got to hit these marks. And so, to these fifth now to take us to the next level, I think recruitment's been quite solid ever since last season. Matty Cash, Martinez, Martinez, wow. Mark Watkins, so recruit, everything's, everything's right, everything's going well. The, the, only, the only thing now that needs to make that jump that now from mid table into, into the um, these are Euro, European places, but the foundations are there and it can only bode well, Neil. So, big, big pat on the back to the owners, Perslow, Smith, everyone, um, even from the academy coaches and whatnot. So, it's an all round effort, mate. And I think Villa are, are an envious club at the moment. And you mentioned about the youth side of things, and you know, I suppose harking back to the days of John Gregory, I suppose really maybe got started under Brian Little. We were churning out players. Yes, they maybe weren't making it into the first team. You know, everybody remembers like John Gregory started an Irish guy by the name of John McGrath. He actually only grew up maybe about yeah. 15, 20 minutes away from me at home. Yeah. He was he went on to have a really good career at Burton. There was other good players like Stephen Cook. People might remember him. He was brilliant underage for Villa. Never really kicked on. He was only about five foot one or five foot two. Um, I'm bad against there was all... I'm bad against me. 
Yeah, incredible player. Did you? <laughs> yeah, in Super League, he was tiny. He flicking ball around me, made an all sorts. Just scary talent. Yeah, I think I think Matt Kendrick's gonna feature on him. Unreal. Yeah, he's 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 uh, he was definitely a fan favorite back then, and we were kind of like people were kind of waiting for him to kick on. I know he went on loan for a while, but and and, and this is kind of where I'm going with it. Obviously, we had players that the kick that came through, like the two Moors, Gary Cahill, the two Gardeners, uh, whatever way we feel about them at this moment in time. But you yeah. know, I suppose really we were we seemed to be maybe throwing them to at senior football, hoping they were ready. And we got yes, look, we got years out of Luke Moore. Stephen Moore didn't didn't really um st- stay the course, and maybe there was you know, but things like that happen, I suppose. But what what I'm trying to get at here is the youth overhaul that we've had recently, bringing the likes of uh, likes of Harrison, even bringing in scouting, you know, good scouts, getting rid of senior scouts, people who've been here for a while as, as scouts, and bringing in the likes of like Rob McKenzie and, and and these guys, and and maybe moving to a more statistical based overall club focus. Um, scouting strategy itself. Where do you feel that the like? It seems like it's happened overnight. But where do you feel that the biggest improvements have have been made? There is it as simple as just kind of getting in somebody who knows what he's doing in a Mark Harrison? Because Sean Kimberly, who was there previously, I think it was Sean Kimberly who was there previously. He was very highly thought of as well. And mm. maybe was it he put in the seeds, and it was a case of just getting somebody to bring this forward. What What are your kind of views on that from from reporting on the club, and maybe maybe seeing, maybe hearing things in the halls of Villa Park? Yeah, I think I think Harrison deserves deserves the plaudits. I think as soon as the uh, the owners arrived, they wanted to build a, an academy hub. We've all been there. Loads of us have been there now. It's really impressive. We got the stadium there and all sorts. And yeah, I mean the post. Players and coaches and scouts off West Bromwich Albion haven't they? West Bromwich got a good success of, yeah. of, of, of nurturing talent. So a bit of promoted from within the post, a few of them, and the cherry picked and the, the cherry cherry picked quite well. And the, the statement was made when they got Louis Barry from Barcelona, big statement academy signing that one. And they've trickled in since, haven't they? Kayla, Chuck Moika, the brothers as well, Carney, Philogene Bedos was an inspired signing a few years ago now from, from that London soccer school. So yeah, we're. It's, Recruitment wise, I think Mark Harrison deserves a good some plaudits here. Um, which, which building that academy base as well. I mean, even this summer as well, hiring Yedinak as a loans manager, you got Adam Henshaw in there, head of emerging emerging talents as well. So, a lot, a lot is happening, a lot is happening behind the scenes. And obviously, the body more still no go zone for reporters of late. So, um, I haven't been down there for a while, but I've been following, following the 23s and the 18s quite closely. And yeah, there's a lot to like, mate. And, a lot of them are out on loan at the moment as well. They're in men's dressing rooms. They're going from boys to men. Um, I'm not going to sing a boys to men song there, but yeah, <laughs> it's all going well, mate. So I'm looking forward to seeing them, them players come back. Obviously, hasn't happened for Louis Barry at Ipswich, so we're going to manage to yeah, manage that in January. Yeah. And that, that was something I was actually going to ask you. There's there's two pieces in that, and, and, and I suppose that's, that's one thing I was going to ask you with, like, Louis Barry, I thought he was in a super position there at Ipswich under Paul Cook. Paul Cook managed there in the League of Ireland. He absolutely tore it up. He was like a, a breath of fresh air in, in a in a semi-professional league, really. You know, he was men amongst boys, just like just far out, you know, boxing a way higher caliber than, than anybody else in the league. And then he moved over, of course, and he's been with teams like Wigan and so on. And he's a good manager, but it just doesn't seem to be working for Louis Barry there. And any insight on that? Is there anything that you've heard in it? And I know there's been questions asked. Should we pull him back in January? Find him maybe yeah. in more a more meal, but maybe drop him down one more level. See if he can score goals for fun. What's what's the yeah. thoughts on Louis Barry? 
Yeah, I mean, it's been tough going for him. I mean, he's gone, gone to a club that are favourites for promotion. And Cook struggled. Mm. And then uh, when Barry signed, I think there was only 10, 11 players there. After he signed, I think Cook signed another 10. It's a bloated, mm. bloated squad. He signed the likes of Tom Carroll now. Kyle Edwards is in position. Sonny Luco. So, a lot of experienced football league players. And when results aren't forthcoming, you're not going to turn to an 18-year-old loanee, are you? So, that's, that's the issue there. Barry's been out with the tooth abscess as well. So he's finding his feet. He's loving it there. Don't get me wrong. He's well into the dressing room and he's loving, 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 loving the environment, but he's not getting the minutes. So that'll be addressed in January. He's at the England under 19 setup now as well, which is, is gutting for him. I mean, he could, could still could, could still play for Ireland, you know, uh, Neil, um, if, <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he wanted to. But yeah, yeah. I think we'll look, at, look at that in, uh, in January. And I think there is a plan B in place for a League, League Two side. I don't know who they are yet, but a League Two side will come in. And um, he'll get play, play minutes. Kane Kessler, he's, he's doing really well at Swindon. Yeah. So, Brad Young's down in League Two, doing okay at Carlisle. Got a couple of goals, but they've just changed manager now. So, it was all part of this learning experience. I, I'm sure he wasn't playing entirely for Grealish when he was at Notts County. Um, yeah. They was in a relegation battle, so they were struggling for results. And Grealish come up with the odd, odd bit of brilliance. So, yeah, part of the learning learning curve, part of the game. And they'll come back much, much better. So, I'm looking forward to seeing them next summer. And you mentioned about Yednek as well. And I suppose just going back to, to when I prefaced this topic was that that I think for me is one of the biggest pieces that is underlooked. The fact that we have a loans manager, the fact that we're talking about whether is this the right loan for this kid is, is, is like that's an evolution of a discussion between a fan base as well, because, you know, beforehand we would be like, oh, yeah, sure, he's blooder, but at least he's training and he, you know, he's getting kicked by whatever centre half is there. I know I, I can't remember any of the any of the Ipswich centre halves. There was a guy by the name of Luke Chambers, I think was there for years and he's, I'm sure he would kick people up into the air and it was all about kind of taking your licks and learning from big boys. But now we're kind of talking, now we've got that that kind of um, player welfare situation in place with Millie Neck. the fact that, yeah, if this isn't yeah. working out, we're going to haul you back. We're going to find somewhere that's going to be advantageous to us. We're going to cherry pick essentially what clubs we can go to. And Millie mm. Neck, while he, you know, while he's a big name and he, obviously we, we we love him for what he did in that short period of time with Aston Villa and the fact he's ingratiated himself into the actual club by coming back into the backroom team and staying here and stepping up during that when Dean Smith was out with COVID and you know helping to coach the team and so on. You know, that's that's lovely to see. And it's it's an evolution of the of the Aston Villa kind of family itself. The fact we're getting old players to come back like Boateng and Mark Delaney. And that's what good teams yeah. do. United did it, Liverpool did it, and it's a good way of keeping keeping the ethos and I suppose keeping the and keeping the the yeah the ethos is the right right word I think I'm looking for of yeah. number one how to be a footballer and number two of the club going but we mentioned as well that Jacob Ramsey has been probably look I know everyone wants to talk about Carney and, and Louis Barry but Jacob Jacob Ramsey is, is is the jewel of the crown so far and what we've what we've produced talk to me small a little bit about him like why is this a guy that's just worked really hard and put his nose in front of Dean Smith or is this somebody that has been earmarked from through through the whole way up. I think I think the former there, like you say, he's put himself in front of Dean Smith. Look at me now, I'm I'm, I'm a Premier League player. Um, Dean yeah. Smith likes him. Obviously, he chucked him on for his debut against West Brom when we lost in the Championship. He gave him a baptism of the fire, as, as we call it. But Mister Jacob, great kid. I really noticed the difference over pre-season. Much bigger stature. He must have worked yeah. on it in the gym a lot over the summer. He's a he's an athlete now, proper. So um, he's only twenty as well, Neil. Um, his breakthrough season last season, he's got his debut at Fulham. He nudged Conor Horahan out of the team, and then the rest is history. He's playing playing against the big boys, and 
he's been trusted to do so as well. So this season, I think he started really well in there. I think with the three suits him, he just wants more goals and assists. And so, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. He's obviously highly thought of at Villa. I think he's on a, a big contract as soon as he come back from Doncaster after that stint as well. So really highly thought of. I spoke to Lee Carsley last week, the 21's boss, um, about him. I said, so why have you called him up then? I mean, has he impressed you? What have you liked? He said, I've known Jacob for years. I had him at the 20s and 19s. I mean, I like his attitude. I like him physically. He's raving about him, to be fair. He's raving about Aaron Ramsey as well, who's called up to the 21s uh, last month mm. uh, for Jacob's replacement. And Aaron's coming down leaps and bounds. He scored two for the 19s last week in Marbella. He's really highly thought of as well. So he didn't really impress over pre-season too much because he's given good chances. Aaron Ramsey was, but he's still so young, 18, coming into it now. So I think he'll have a big future at Villa. To the to majority, Aaron's the better one. So they say, but listen, yeah. the two completely different players. And yeah, two brothers, Ramsey's grew up not far from me down the road here in Great Bar and they're doing really well. That's what I want to see. So hopefully they kick on a new, a new gear now, Jacob as well. And um, get get, them, get get his first goal on the board. I think that give him a, a, a world of confidence. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and, and look, no matter where you are in the world, uh, obviously me being here in Ireland, you know, there's it's there's something about someone that comes up through the academy, and that's why we've spent such a long time talking about this at the start. We all love our own, you know, and and uh, when somebody kind of is a, it's it's harder to say goodbye to them as well if they do leave, but if they go on to become club legends, you know, every team yeah. needs it. You see it with United. That it's what breeds success is what I'm trying to say. You know, Liverpool had it with Steven Gerrard, Jamie Carragher, leaders within the group. They weren't leaders because they licked it up off the floor. They were leaders because they literally ingratiated themselves into the, into Liverpool Football Club. Same with Man United in the class of 92 and so on and mm -hmm. so on. So the more you can grow your own, the more sustainable success that you should be able to have. And hopefully Jacob Ramsey is yet another one in the conveyor belt. And if we can get four, five, six more of those over the next four, five, six years, we'll be yeah. in a super position to be able to take on the big spenders in the Man Cities, the Man Uniteds, and now crazy and all as it seems to say the Newcastle Uniteds <laughs> that are that are, are are out there uh in, in, in the league. Um over the over the summer as well Ashley uh, there was there was a lot of a lot of coaching changes and I suppose that even leached its way into in into the season as well the the last international break as well we saw Aaron Danks came in. What's the talk about that? Because I suppose going back to, to kind of the thought process of it and the very genesis of why we needed to make those, obviously we lost Richard or Kelly and then in short space of time we lost uh, John, John Terry, or was it the opposite way around afterwards? Um, I'm not going to say was there a sense of... I, I didn't panic about it. I always thought that it was something that was going to happen anyway, that it was, it, was, yeah. it was a prescribed thing. It was just a case of finding the right time for it to happen. Um, but what, what was kind of the feeling? Did any of those catch you by surprise? Just the O'Kelly one came as a surprise a few days before the opening game, opening game of the season at Watford. O'Kelly departed. Really strange one. Um, obviously, Villa planned for the John Terry one 12 months previously, didn't they? We got yeah. Craig Shakes yeah. in last summer. These we said that. We got Shakey in to get ahead of John Terry's decision to, to move on. Terry's, Terry, this is, Terry moved on, as we all know he would. Uh, looking into, I think he's on the golf courses now, so he's enjoying it. Fair play to him, but he's going to go into management one day, so that's fine. A good servant. He helped that defence out brilliantly. I think he's helped develop Ming's concert, horse, and others. So we thank JT for that. But obviously, Craig Shakespeare, he's a more, more, more experienced in that role, and he's Dean Smith's lieutenant, as it were. As for the O'Kelly one, yeah, but very strange. I think O'Kelly could have gone a few weeks earlier. 
they want a new challenge. I think there was talk of him moving down to the 23s and looking at the new side of things. I don't think he wanted to do that. I think he wanted to stay at the top top level. So, yeah, he's moving on to pastures new. I expect him to get a new club soon. I can't see him coming out of out of coaching. He lives and breathes the game. So, very infectious yeah. character, Richard O'Kelly, uh, and a key part of Villa's success. So, let's, let's not forget about that. So, he moved on. He was the attacking coach, as it were, and obviously Villa, Aaron Danksy. Um, yeah, he was the top candidate. Um, yeah, thinks he's watching for a while. I think he's from Solihull anyway. Thinks he knows his background inside out, having worked with the FI. And he went to Anderlecht as well, alongside company and Craig Bellamy. So, very experienced coach, despite his... He looks about mid-20s, doesn't he, Aaron Danks? So, <laughs> yeah, very good. He's got, he's got a big job on his hands now to get the best out of Ings and Watkins and the attacking players. But it's one he'll relish and he, he'll develop as well. So, yeah, some good additions over the summer. None more so, though, Austin McPhee now. I think that's a, mm. just a just a masterstroke for me. I think they've added the string to their bow, Villa. And I think it's going to be dangerous, isn't it? We've seen it Old Trafford come, come to the fore. And then I think they overtrolled it at Tottenham, as we all know pumping the balls in the box a bit too much. So hopefully they're not over, over-reliance on that. But Austin McPhee, everyone can see the, the instant success they've had. So, yeah, good additions all round. I think Dean Smith, he takes bits from everyone. But ultimately, he makes yes. the final decision. You see him on the touchline. He, he calls you up. He's in the conversation with two, three coaches. He goes, okay, okay. Then he makes his decision. So he takes information on board, Smith. And um, he's the one that deploys it. So... Very good coaching setup. Neil Cutler as well, big character. I've seen him underneath the old Trafford passage as well as I walked out. I've met Neil before, but I said, Congratulations on the big win. He said, North one Ash. And yeah, I mean, he's, got, he's working with a That's top class goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. He's a huge man. Yeah, Neil. He could be a wrestler. Like, if he, he could, the two weeks training, and I think you could see him, you could see him in a wrestling ring. He's just a <laughs> physical mountain of a man. Like, he's, he is, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. yeah. But, really uh, good, though, man. And, and, coaching. And he well well thought of as a goalkeeper coach. And once again, we poached him. We poached him from from close from from in and around our own doorstep exactly as well, that. you know. So, uh, and that's what I like about the club that the club are calculated. They seem to be calculated in everything. It's not a case of, um. And I suppose, look, you will see it in the transfer market where we mightn't get get um target number one, but we might get target number two or whatever. But gone are the days, I suppose, of, and I think this is more so a Premier League thing where you just trust so much at the wall and you'd hope one of them turn out to be good. There's a, there's a thought process brought in by by the owners, brought in by Dean Smith as well, because Dean Smith is the only constant that we've had from a footballing side of view. Yes, we've got a new director of football in, in Johan Lange, and I do think he's kind of up the game of the thought process and the, and, the, and the processes in general, I suppose, really within the club. But that kind of calculated manner, you mentioned that, you know, we found Danks. Danks was our number one target. We went, we got him, got him from Anderlecht. He's well thought of in the FA, brought him back to England, and now let's see what he can do. We did that with McPhee calculated, went out, we need a set-piece coach. I, on this podcast, listeners of the podcast will remember, uh, probably because they still haven't finished talking to their psychotherapist about it, but uh, I said that I would sing a song uh, if we ever scored from a corner again. And then about, I'd say it took about 15 weeks for us to score, but we did. I think it was the <laughs> second last game of last season. And then I had to sing, I sang, I sang Sweet Caroline on the podcast, but uh, I'm sure people don't want to be reminded of that one. But it was, um, I think that is definitely an area. And that's one of the things I love about Dean Smith is the growth mindset that he has. He's able to put his hand up. And there's so many top managers in this game that have that bravado and they have that I'm right regardless mentality. Whereas Dean Smith says, I'm not good at this area. You're good at this area. 
tell me how to be good or you you tell me what I need to know about this and we make the decision together. That's just modern management. That's how you'd manage yeah. it. And I might go back to, it's like a business. That's how the biggest businesses are run. It's all done departmentally and there's there's a co, there's, there's kind of co-decision making and I absolutely love that. But can you, I, I suppose the next thing, really the next evolution of that is the performances on the field, uh, Ashley. And, and we've we've obviously had a tumultuous kind of start to the season in, in a lot of ways. There's there seems to seem to have been a, a talking point going into every single part of the se- game of the season this year. Probably the only talking point wasn't wasn't um well I suppose it was would Courtney Hawes keep his keep his uh, position between the United game and the Spurs game. But the performances have been there. Take out the, the first game of the season. The performances have been there. And what do you see the evolution of the performance or how, what's your feeling on the evolution of the performances? And I suppose more so the squad fitting into uh, the, 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 the tactic that we have here. Is it a tactic that's here to stay or is it a tactic that's going to be deployed when it's needed? What's the thoughts on that? Very interesting, like you say. I've been asked about the team for Wolves at the weekend and I can't see Smith abandoning the three five two just yet. I think he's going to stick with that. Um, especially Bailey being touch and go whether to start or coming on. So a lot of interesting dynamics to this one now. I'd love to, I'd love to, to tap into Smith's thinking on this, but I think he did say to me, horses for courses, we'll change it as and when we need it. But he was reluctant to Tottenham, wasn't he, after the win at Old Trafford? And I think he'd be reluctant to again. I, I can't see him taking Ings, Ings out of the team just yet. Um, he told me Watkins won't, won't play out wide for me. He's just my our central striker. So I need to stick with the pair of them. But I think he wants to be exciting. It's, it's, in, it's in the roof come off the place against Everton. Bailey doing his bits coming on. Cash, mm. I mean, cash scoring and Villa came on strong. And, that, and that's that's what Smith wants. I think Smith wants a forward thinking, really exciting. Go for, go for, go full throttle to get to get that win. And when they're on top, score and and, and punish the team. So yeah. I think Villa, Smith wants Villa to be more dominant and score, take the chances when they get them. Um, just how you fit these players in: Bertrand Traore, Leon Bailey. Where's it? I, I can't see him playing left wing back. You know what I mean? That ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, I think if he does come into the side, I think he'll play off of Watkins or he'll play centrally. Or interesting dynamics to have. There's loads of options there, but it's fitting everyone in, isn't it? But Emmy Bruin D, I haven't seen the best of him yet. He's played in a couple of positions already. I haven't seen the best of him centrally. Not quite sure of, of him centrally. Give me side and stature, ability to mix it. I think he's better out wide where he's got space. So, yeah, it's so interesting, interesting to see what what will play out in the next four games before the next international break. So, as as it stands, I think Smith will probably stick with it, but there is scope there to change. But you got to get you got to get your Baileys in. Wendy's got to start some games now. So we'll see, mate. But yeah, I wish I had the answer, but it was short. It will evolve as the season goes. And I think that's the interesting. I think I, I think the fact that we don't know whether he's going to go four two three one or three five two, in the past that would have been a negative, but I think it's probably a positive because we know the four two three one works when yeah. it works. To, it works against certain teams, and you know we can get it to work. There's a there's a game plan, a blueprint there to get it to work. Like because we saw that last season, even without Jack Grealish, there's still a game yeah. plan, and we always have this because biggest criticism was last year: no plan B needs to only plays the same eleven players, never makes substitutions. Still gets criticised for not making substitutions yeah. now, but then again, look, it's if it's incremental improvements, incremental improvements. I, yeah. I personally don't 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 get as hung up in the substitutions as much as other people, but um, it's a, it's a valid criticism. I I I, I would say. Um, uh, 
looking forward, I think, and I know I, I kind of really had you on to talk about the first, I called it a quarter point of the season, even though that's seven games is probably a fifth point, but a fifth point doesn't sound great when you say it. Um, so quarter <laughs> point is what I went with. Um, <laughs> but the um, obviously, look, we, we have our lot now for the next for the next couple of weeks and, and the next couple of months, and we can't obviously make any signings, but uh, and we're pretty well stocked. Like, let's we're not we're not crying out for too much more. Um, but with a look towards January, there's been an awful lot of rumblings of potentially money there to to, to sign people and maybe big dips into the and maybe another one more big dip into the market to push us on, depending on where we are. Uh, and left back being murmured as uh, as a position that, that maybe we may look to strengthen. Anything on that? Is there is is that just that's just internet talk or is it, am, no, I, am I asking mean, you to blow your cover in this one? <laughs> no, no, I mean, there's got to be a left back in mind, hasn't there? I mean, Matt Target is the only out and out one at the moment. We saw Nash Young in the summer on a one-year deal. I think Villa want on an exciting young left back who's, who's I think Johan Lang's doing doing his, doing that now, searching for, for up-and-coming left backs with, with great ceilings and and big, big um, selling value. So, I think I think that's in that's in the groundworks right now. A new left back for the summer to rival Matt Target, which I think he needs it because um, he, he can be quite. I mean, he started the season indifferently, and he's only just picking himself up now. I thought he did okay against Tottenham, and and that, that's that. So yeah, left back will be in the offing, and then you got players like I mean, Morgan Sanson. We haven't seen enough of him yet, have we? Um, like another him. setback. I like him as well. He, he showed glimpses. He's a Champions League pedigree player, so we haven't seen the best of him yet. He's been out with back to back injuries now, so. And yeah, I mean, decisions need to be made. Obviously, Cameron Archer's deal expires next summer, so there'll be conversations there in January, I, I expect. And and yeah, in terms of incomings, I know we've got a couple of comment pieces to land. And Janice Madison, you know, um, a player who's out, out of the team at Leicester at the moment. His agents were talking to Arsenal in the summer. I mean, he's only 24. Villa wanted James Ward Price last summer, didn't they? A dead ball specialist. And Madison, Madison is one of them. So. That's an option Villa, Villa, Villa could test themselves with. Um, one of my colleagues put it through as an opinion piece this week, saying he's one that could be got at. So we'll see. There's options there, but these there's a lot of British-based players, ones with good that don't have to be adaptable coming into the Premier League. So that's his remit. Second behind that is players with real pedigree, like Leon Bailey and others. So yeah, Villa have the blueprint, don't they, to go off? They're big on stats now. I remember when, uh, when Matty Cash signed, or just before, I think Langer flew out to Greece to meet him and said, you'll be a big success in this team and what we're going to do. So, you know, and Langer's massive on stats and data. So they're going, they'll be going down, down that route. But no solid names yet. Um, still early days, like I say. And I think, I don't expect too much business to be done in January, but I think, I mean, Torre and Nicambo will be going, going on to the AFCON duty. So they'll be meeting for three weeks and there may be some, some dip in the market, like you say, but there won't be. Smith doesn't like the winter winter window unless good deals can be done. So they are quite rare. That Samsung deal got done because of the French TV money, and he was he was available at fourteen million pounds, which is a snip. So we'll see how the market moves. Newcastle have a big say. There could be some a little merry-go-round happening. That's so that that's massive, isn't it? So we'll see. But yeah, I, mean, I like the Madison one that that was put to me this week. Um, he scored eleven dollar free kicks more than Ward Price, so that's. We've been big on free kicks and set pieces now. That's 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 one that one that excites me. He's off form at the moment though, but yeah, no names as yet. Um, Villa keen to to promote from within and, and go go with what they've got from within. So I think a couple of we need to move out next summer. Perhaps you look at Yargazi's future. What's the future for him? And people like that out the team and a couple of go out on loan. Philogene Badais might go out on loan next season. 
Do you know what I mean? So there's loads, loads of dynamics to, to look at, but Smith's going to go with what he's got for now. I think conversation will be starting starting in due course. So I might quiz him on it on Friday if you look to, to January yet. Say, there's a couple of guys over there in Ireland that are absolutely stone mad looking to know if there's anyone going to be signed. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He can't, he'll, never, he'll, he'll never say no to us. He'll never say no to myself and Paddy over <laughs> in Ireland. He'll have to answer. And he'll answer it truthfully, as they always do. All, football managers always answer that question, truthfully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, listen, Ashley, we're going to finish up in a moment. And, and I'm going to be cheeky, and I'm going to ask you about, I'm going to ask you about that that article, that article you wrote, and, and you know, got a, it, it, it got a, it got a bit of, um, I'm gonna say notoriety in a way. Um, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way, as in notoriety, but I think I think it became a famous article that it wrote in the summer, and it was to do with, uh, I suppose, really kind of like an open letter slash opinion piece on on Jack Grealish after he left the club and interviews and so on like that. Um, Talk to me about it because I personally, and I said it to you beforehand, I personally believe it was a very brave article to write. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I think a lot of it I agreed with, you know, and I mentioned it to you and I, and I didn't plan on, on, on really going into this and saying this on the podcast, but I, I agreed with an awful lot of it. And I always said, but I said to myself, geez, I don't know whether I have the balls to put that one out there. Um, yeah. What was, what was your feeling on it? Because I know on social media you said you deliberated quite a lot about whether you would actually print print it and publish it because obviously he's meant an awful lot to the club. But this was kind of like, to me, it came across as a man standing up for his club uh, in, in your part. You were I, yes. I, you had the fact you had to write it. But I don't want to put words into your mouth. Is, is that no. a fair thing to say? 100%, yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. It just, it just worked for me. My gaffer asked me to do a comment on it. Um, the day before on the Thursday, the interview came out. I listened to it. I weren't very, didn't like, didn't like what he said. I thought he, he very unrecognizable now, Jack. And maybe he come across wrong on the OTV edit with the interview. I thought when he got asked about the, um, did you think someone would come in? He said, yeah, that's why we had to put it in. So I could do one basically. I didn't like that. Didn't like the tone. I just did a comment piece on it, opinion piece. It was quite strongly worded. I'll get that. Um, but listen, it's just, just, it's my work. It was a comment piece. I felt like you said. I'm sticking up for Villa. Yeah, you don't down talk Villa. That's how I felt. And I, I, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I had some sleepless nights over it. I had, I had some threats and all sorts. What happened? So we're over it now. But listen, I don't know what to say. I, 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 I love Jack. I followed his career. I mean, I was bigging him up at the Euros. I was I was slaughtering Southgate. Got to play him. He's, he's still England's best player. Last night we seen that he's in the oh, best player. Absolutely. End of. Yeah. So yeah. No, no one can see. I'm banging the Grealish drum constantly. Um, and the reason why it hurt me because I, I got on with his family really well. I got on with his dad really well, and it hurt me for me because I've hurt them now, and that, that hurt me a little bit. But just mm. business from my end. My end. I, I didn't want any. I didn't, I didn't want it to blow up the way it did. It's not my intention. Just my work. That's for my opinion on it. I was strong on it because I'm strong on Villa. I'm big on Villa. Um. And I didn't. I thought he let that injury lack respect, and I said he take it with a pinch of salt. But he obviously bit. I didn't mean to bite. He commented back, slagged me off. Okay, all right, I'll take it on the chin. But it's one of them, mates. I didn't want to do it. I like you said, I didn't want to do it because I knew I'd probably overfill my emotions. But that's my heart on my sleeve. That's what I, who I am. If you meet me, I'm honest. I'm brutal. I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, so it's one of them, mates. Yeah. Do I look back and regret it now? Probably a little bit. But listen. I stuck for what I believe in, um, and uh, yeah, I, I backed the club. I 
and yeah, I was good to see him leave, obviously, Johnny. I said all summer, I yeah. think he'd stay. It was such a difficult decision for, for his, him and his family, totally. And yeah, it's one of them, mate, and just bringing it back now. You know I mean, it's, yeah, bringing back some emotion like, for that time, and I should get a life really. But yeah, listen. No, I, we're like we're all the same. Up. No matter how, yeah. no matter how much I say I'm over, I'm over the transfer. I always kind of sometimes look back and go, uh, "That shirt doesn't fit him right." You know that it just it's doesn't fit him right. And, and, and to be honest with you, whenever I see him in it, I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso. Whenever I see him in it, I go, "He just looks like Jamie Tart from <laughs> Ted Lasso." If you've ever seen it, but uh, that's that's just kind of me going, "Oh, I really because like we do, we do want, we would love to still have him in this in in this club." Yeah, I think everybody does it, and uh, he'll always be a villa boy and everything. And but uh, yeah, you know, as I say, it's yeah, it it, it it's one of those things that uh, that 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 I suppose. You know it, the way it went on for for so long and things like that. It it, it can evoke any type of emotion. And, you know, yeah. completely understand understand what you're what you're saying and where you're coming from there on that one. And and, and thanks for being so open and honest about it. And you know that's uh, it's uh, <laughs> because it was uh, you know it's it, it's it's it, I can even see it there that you, you you feel like you did. I feel like you did struggle with it. Um, when, yeah, yeah, when you were yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's my, my it's my opinion piece. I said what I said what I said. Yeah. We'll move on from it. Villa are in a better place now. I'm sure Jack would think he's in a better place now. And yeah. that's it, isn't it? Life goes on. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just felt I, I, I felt a bit bad about it. So I, I got I, I got a lot of time for his family. I mean, they're good to me. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's that that personal aspect. But listen, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? I think I think that I think he's, he's a footballer. I think that that, that that little kid who's running around the, the Aston Social car park kicking balls and love, love Villa. I think he was long gone. It's, it's about the the brand now, isn't it? The, the England and all this, and the, the bright lights of the Champions League. He's he's, he's moved on. So, uh, yeah, it's it's that really. So that's my, that's my view on it, Neil. Um, and yeah, I put my heart on my sleeve. I said I said how it was. Take it or leave it. It's one of them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, we move on now. We're not so over reliant on him. I just yeah, that game in November is going to be so interesting down Villa Park. Oh boy, oh boy. We'll see. Yeah, but we all moved on from it and. Yeah, exactly. Up the villa, exactly. That, you know I mean? the, t- the team is in an awful lot better position for when he does come back in two or three years' time. When uh, when we win the league, and, <laughs> and, and, and then, it, then it comes back then to play, play the Champions League with us. We can all live in hope. We can all live in hope because it would be great. Look, as I say, be, uh, we mentioned we started out talking about youth, uh, the 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 importance of youth, and I mentioned that you know you need these youth players to be able to come through and to build that dynasty and to build that 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 kind of feeling within a team. And and look. I suppose being raw at the time, I think a lot of Villa fans, uh, I, I I didn't quite say it myself, but I think a lot of Villa fans would say, no, that's him done. I don't think I'd ever wish it. Welcome him back to the club. We'd all welcome him back with both hands. We nearly offer both feet to lift him up into Villa Park again because look, talents like that are talents. And and uh, as I say, um, you never know. You never, you just never know with football who would have thought Ashley Young would come back to the club as well. So, so mm. there is that, but Ashley, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's nearly become a catchphrase on the podcast at the moment where I literally did say to you at the start of your 15, 20 minutes and we're now 38 minutes and oh, I feel well, guilty I? because I've probably kept you from your from your, from your your tea and uh, away from your family. <laughs> but I really, really appreciate it. You're someone I've wanted to chat to for an awful long time since we've been doing the podcast. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of people, a lot of times, a lot of people that I kind of go, oh, I don't want to be reaching out to them because I don't want to be annoying them or I don't want to be like maybe taking up their time or anything like that. So I really appreciate yeah. you, you coming on. It's been a great chat. You've been real open and yeah, honest. And, you know, 
literally, uh, when when I when I was talking to you and asked you to come on straight away, it was yeah, absolutely. Where, when, where, when? You know, so I, I appreciate Anytime. that. It's uh, it is really appreciated. Yeah. Um, you might bump into Paddy. Well, Paddy, I was hoping Paddy was going to be here tonight, but uh, he's actually going over to the game to to the Wolves game at the weekend. And it's going to be his first time back in Villa Park in since since the. Wow. Gosh, I can't remember when he said it was, but it's he was he was actually in the the Tottenham Stadium last uh, two weekends ago, so he's going to yep. be in Villa Park this weekend. So we will be doing what we we do a team sheet tantrum where we react to the team sheets uh, in live in live time as they're announced just before nice. the games. And Paddy will be doing that from Villa Park um, on Saturday, and I'll be stuck here in my uh, my podcasting boudoir. Trying to uh, trying to trying to stay sane while the match is on. But, uh, <laughs> you might bump into him if you see if you see uh, if you see a guy who looks a small a bit like the character at the start of this podcast. It doesn't happen. <laughs> here, you'll know who he is. Um, yeah. But Ashley, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks a million for popping on, and uh, I wish you all the best in ev- everything you do. And uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting to you again. Yeah. Anytime, Neil. Thanks for the invite, mate. Anytime, mate. Nice one. Excellent. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. Thanks so much to everybody for watching. Um, as I said, we will be back later on in the week. We'll probably have a uh, Wolves preview. We'll have our team sheet tantrum and then we'll have our, our review afterwards. Here's to a win at the weekend against Wolves. Be nice to get one over uh, over a crowd from not next door, but over the road, we'll call them. I, do, I don't think it's much of a rivalry, but I'm sure there's probably a whole podcast to be had on that, uh, Ashley, for, especially for people who are living in and around the borough of area. But we don't really classify it as, as, as a, a rivalry here, but we'll, we'll take what we can get since they're the only ones close enough to us in the Premier League. Yeah. But uh, once again, thanks so much, everybody, for listening and for watching. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network.